Alright, hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. Eagle Rock is going flat out once again. It's going to keep going until we have a loss and we're recording an hour or so before Manly's game against the Sharks tonight. So look, hopefully it's playing next weekend, but I'm just going to get as much as uh, as I can out of this song uh, for the time being. What is it, Thursday afternoon or Thursday night? We're going to be talking, recapping a fair bit of autumn, our favourite parts of autumn. There's some plenty of good stories. As we know, racing doesn't stop. There's plenty of racing happening this weekend. A couple of features are starting to happen at, up the up north in Brisbane. Their winter carnival is starting to heat up as well. So plenty on happening. And Koei is back. I think Koei's been off for the last couple of weeks. But boys, I welcome you in. I'll start with you, Koei. How are you? Good, boys. Good to be back. Um, I think I believe I've got a horse named after me for the last fortnight that I've been away for. So... Um, yeah, fresh, feeling real fresh now, so yeah, good to go. Tommy? Yeah, good, mate. Um, still not playing on Thunderstruck, I see, but uh, that's all right. Um, yeah, it's um, been been some good footy and a bit slow down on the racing front this weekend with um, no Group 1, so we've been sport the last few weeks, but yeah, it's been a, been a pretty good carnival. Um, one cool thing, Tommy, we talked about thinking over last week in talking up Nash's ride and how um, unbelievable the wind was and stuff. We actually had Lisa Locks Johnston joined our little Facebook group there and she chucked a couple of photos in. She said, thanks for your commentary on my horse. Of course, we paid Nash's fine because we were always saying, surely they just pay his fine. Uh, she said, I love that our boy continues to be underrated. She also did a commented something. She posted a photo of him saying that he doesn't like lobster. Uh, we're off to see him in the spelling on Sunday with his homemade apple, carrot, and oat muffins. Lobster isn't his thing, so they were trying to feed him lobster, uh, which is pretty funny. So pretty cool to have her in there. Uh, we'd love to meet, think it over. Um, Tommy, you have been around horses a lot more than us. Lobster, probably not on the menu, but your boy, or your girl, Natoya, was big on like pizza and schnitzel and stuff, eh? Hey? Yeah, Kelly was there when she was having a couple of dare ice coffees and some champagne and, yeah, a bit of a pizza after she won the Queen of the Turf. But deserves all the lobster at once, I guess. It was um ballsy, ballsy win. But yeah, it was, it was great great to see the feedback and deserves all the press it's getting because thinking you know, over has been so well and I think they're going to target a Cox Plate in the um, spring, which... They avoided uh, this uh, last year, so they could stay in Sydney and win an extra million dollars. And I think uh, going for a Cox Plate would be a great prep for it, um, because yeah, it just seems to get better every time. Every prep we see, think it over, j- he just gets better and better. So um, we saw Kelly and I saw um, Lacer and a few of the owners at the races uh, on, on its first up win. I think it was in the Chelmsford or something like that this year. We were in the table in front, and there were holding their trophy pretty high and yeah that, that's what racing's about just um just just getting involved with horses and they were they just sent it to a Campbell trainer thought oh yeah we'll go around uh, I, I remember seeing them after it coming second in the gong a couple of years ago and they were ecstatic then and and now they've won the biggest race in Sydney um in the autumn day to the champs like the yeah uh Queen Elizabeth so yeah, sensational. Absolutely um, awesome stuff. 
Shelby, very impressive. Mine would have to be Nature Strip. Uh, a lot of people can love and hate this horse. I've always been in the love camp, even though I've lost on him a couple of times. But Jataka was a massive horse for me. I love the story. I love the three TJs. And for Nature Strip to do it again and do it so convincingly, I thought it was bloody amazing. I love the horse. Pretty keen for it to see it over in England at Royal Ascot, which I might be going to just quietly. Um, but that's my go in autumn. Thomas, what about you? Do you need some assistance? I'll come with you. <laughs> um, might have to be the jockeys, man. Like, I have to say, Nash, I know um, last week he was a bit dangerous, and even the week before with the whip, he was. But some of his rides have been incredible. And Brenton of Duller, after suffering a horrific fall in the, um, in the spring, basically ruled out. He was meant to be riding, think it over, and it went on to win all these races and then he comes back, wins a group one with Hinge, wins the golden slipper on Fireburn and then he's a bit cocky and winning the champagne yeah. um uh sorry, the sires uh in front of Tommy Berry and then he runs the race of his life incredible and just gets pipped uh for the champagne. Yeah, it's just I, I thought the jockeys did incredible, especially Brenton Abdullah and and the path he's he took to get there. I thought that was real big story of the carnival, and he he yeah, just to come back from that injury and do so well. He did well, didn't he? Like the first big one was hinged, wasn't it? Group one, first group one, he got back. Yeah, yeah, and it was obviously against two of the high profile Waller ones in Fangirl, Fangirl and yeah. Espiona, and um, yeah, he, he did incredible. He rode it perfectly, and he he's riding all um. All autumn was was superb, especially with Fireburn, like so much carnage in that slipper, and he still manages to find a way to get through and and win win that big race. And yeah, just the path that he took to get there as well, yeah. like um, it was just incredible stuff. I think that, that win of Fireburn was unreal in the slipper. I remember probably like one of my biggest collects I needed was She's Extreme, just run a place in the slipper and no good. But what I really, I was so keen for Fireburn to win on the weekend, to get that triple crown, to be the first filly in 30 years since burst, which is fantastic that that horse is still alive. About 30, God, mid-30s as a horse is pretty bloody unreal. And but look, you know what? Tommy Berry gets it done. But question for like you said, you're giving a few raps and a few. There's been some suspensions and stuff. Kementari comes out and gets the W on the weekend. I saw that Coey's little write up. He gave it a push as well because this boy just seems to just do well. And you know, it's a piss take. It's it's ridiculous the way he just keeps winning these sort of races. But Nash, I don't know if you you're probably working I assume but if you listen to Channel 7 they were absolutely rinsing him especially Caitlin Mallion and she just said it was just ridiculous and then Bruce was saying it was stupid what he did it was dangerous and whatnot and the interview even after it was a bit icy till he sort of just walked off when he got interviewed by 7 but look the gap probably wasn't there to, to I don't know in what camp are you there Tommy because you, you've been around this game a long time should he have done that was it a bit reckless Look, I, I've I've listened to a few people talk about it, and I, I agree. Like Bruce and uh, Caitlin were a bit harsh with him. Um, the run, look, the run probably wasn't there. There was half a run there, and he would, Nash is sort of anticipating that um, that run to open up. And even Josh Pass said straight after, I I gave him a sniff, and and you you've got to be. Um, you got to be there waiting for that sniff because sometimes it's only a second. Yeah. I kept going back to uh, Willie Pike's win on um, on Mars Crusader in the Moyer, I think it was, and he only had half, and he's just squeezed his way through, and 
everyone was praising him for that. I, I felt a bit similar there, but it, it was up against a rail, which do, does make things way more dangerous. The only other the thing people seem to be forgetting about, and people are just saying, oh, why don't you go around him? If you change that line of running that you're going at that speed, especially on a horse like Kementari where he's going so quick, and you've got to change foot and try to get on the outside, that's more dangerous because then you've, you're actually trying to, to move the horse and get around another horse, and that's where you can clip heels, and that's yeah. where the big falls do come from. So I think Nash was doing the right thing, and he, he tried to um, – he was in the stewards' room for a long long time about it, but, yeah, he just sort of preempted. And there is a lot of preempting you've got to do as a jockey, but he's just sort of gone off probably a touch early because I reckon if he waits – couple more breaths then that that gap does open a bit better for him but obviously he he's already off and gone so he's he's copping a month for his um his ride with think it over and the ride on Kementari as well but you look at his stats for Godolphin as well his stats for Godolphin are really good he's I think that's his second or third win on Kementari already where a lot of people a lot of jockeys have struggled with him so he's He's been doing well there. And you got to think as well as an owner or someone who's backed the horse, if if you see Nash stuck there and he's going across the line there and you've done your hard earn or you've paid all this money for, to get your horse there right on the day and he's lost the race because he's waiting for a run or he hasn't taken it or Nash is – I'm not saying what he did was right, but Nash is the sort of guy who always rides his horses to their full ability. And so – I've heard so many people say about jockeys is they they don't ride the horses to their full ability like they just they just sort of become like in in motion just going in the motion with the horse but Nash Nash gets every little ounce out of every ride and ever since he's come back from Japan like he's been one of the strongest ones you see you see no matter what it is he rides his horses out and so many of the good Sydney jockeys do that as well, but Nash in particular is one like that. So that's what you want from your jockey. But yeah, he's he's just gone a bit too far with those two instances. Yeah. And if you remember the other day, I remember you would, what's his name? Darren Flindell called a race the other day at Warwick Farm. Uh, there was a horse called Democracy Manifest going around and he made note of it. If it wins, he's going to give it a bit of a special call. For anyone that doesn't know Democracy Manifest, uh, it's a famous video. I got. A, I don't know how long ago it was. But it was the bloke getting arrested, carrying on talking about uh, what did he finish off with? Like succulent Chinese, succulent Chinese meal. Is that how it went, Tom? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Zach. I've never heard it. No, I'm joking, <laughs> man. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's a great video. Like it's all over social media. Go to YouTube it if you haven't seen it. But I'll play yeah, it. Yeah, great call by Darren. I'll play it if you aren't. Well, yeah. Democracy Manifest is getting his split and McDonald starting to execute his judo there on the favourite and Democracy Manifest moved up to join Italian informant. They beat off Assiduity and then came Real Key. It's Democracy Manifest in front with 100 metres to run from Italian informant. But gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Succulent Chinese meals all around. Democracy Manifest beat Italian informant and Assiduity's run third, followed by Real it's very good. It is very good. It's a bit of a viral viral um, video from a long time ago. But, yeah, very good from Darren. I'm very impressed with him. Uh, Koei, been on a succulent Chinese meal anytime recently? Like I already explained earlier, the t- last two weeks is a bit of a blur. So I, I reckon I did end up at a yum cha about the halfway point. Um, I definitely did. I just don't know which day it was. Um, 
How Love was me. the races last week, Kelly? I know you oh, you went out there and um and yeah, you're on track. How the crowd looked good, the weather looked good. Was you had a pretty good day out there? Mate, it was um I was gonna go day two of the champs, but um I was kind of umming and ahhing due to the weather and this and the other and ended up just pulling stumps on that idea and then I can't remember who mentioned it, but we we're just like, oh fuck it, we'll just go all age day and it was actually a really, really good day out there. Sun was beaming. It wasn't too hot, not too cold. You know, it was just like a perfect weather day. Crowd was buzzing, definitely buzzing. Um, but it was the perfect amount that you don't have to bloody wait for a beer. So it was literally, you go to the counter, you tap your card, you got four fresh ones in front of you. And that was the whole day. So it was, yeah, it was just good to be back on track. It's been probably about a month and a half. So, Yeah. Great day all around. It was a shocking day for favourites. Let's just say, I know that when you and I were talking Tom last week, I liked a lot of the favourites, and the one I probably wasn't as keen on was Espiona, and Espiona is the one that won. Um, you had to pretty much be on pace. Like, if we talk about... I'm just going to go to the, the one favourite. So the 2,000-metre race where Morrow, uh, it's called Straight Aaron came third. There was actually a really big, big run, right? Verona... Uh, tipped on top, I think, by Brad Gray. So that was a pretty... Well, tipped second, I think. He, I remember he messaged me saying, tell me to back it, and I didn't. I paid $21, and that was on pace by Pikey. What was it about the day, Cole? You had to had to just really be up and up on pace and hard to make ground? It's hard to say, because I reckon the first half of the card was exactly that. I think the first half of the card was kind of real on the fence, on the fence, leader-ish. You didn't have to lead, but you wanted to be close. You wanted to be riding, like... You didn't want to be riding for luck, that's for sure, because not many were catching. And even the the classiest of horses we saw on Saturday, so, you know, your likes of Straight Aaron and even um, – what's the other horse I'm thinking of? Uh, Fireburn. Yeah. Um, they they were close enough but just far enough, if that makes sense. Mm. She's, she's extreme, took off at the, the point of the turn and never Good looked ride. back. Good ride. Yeah, it was a great, great ride by Tommy. And then more or less exactly the same for straight air. And I think J-Mac just kind of left a little bit late. Another 200 metres, that horse would have, like, if you take it to like an Oaks, a Queensland Oaks or something like that, which I'm thinking it will go to, uh, it would have been a peach of a ride, just executed perfectly. But that's just how the track played, you know. And by that time, so straight Aaron was, what, race four-ish, was it? Tennis? Three. Race three, so like that's the that's the hardest gauge, I guess. Race one and two, it being the highway and the midway, I don't like gauging how the race day is going to be on those two particular mm. races. Yeah. Um, the one that precedes it, it being that straight Aaron race, is where I really get a feel for how the patch of grass or the the lanes that are forming, or you know how the jockeys are, you know they they get a feel, a better gauge by race three usually. So, uh. We did see the highway and the midway go towards a leaderish bias, but we weren't certain. So we still backed straight Aaron with a pile of money and un- unsuccessfully. Yeah. Uh, we had to concede that one. And then from there on, we were looking at a bit more of a forward pattern. And then it was weird because it, it turned on its head a little bit toward like race six, race seven. And it, I don't know how, but it just got a little bit fairer and they were kind of flying from everywhere by that stage. So Yeah, but I think I think especially with, I guess she's extreme led and held on. Espiona, I can't really remember. Kementari came from a little bit back. But Polly Gray was the, the abnormal one. I did not have Polly Gray anywhere near where it was. And Huey wrote it 
Fucking one by, one by like nearly six lengths, I reckon. Five lengths Absolute or whatever. Peak. Like that was unbelievable. So that was that might not even have been biased. It might have just been the fucking way he wrote it. Oh, it could have been the way he wrote it, but Polly Gray, as we probably all know, is just an absolute mutter. So, you know, like it just swims for fun. And uh, forget the two starts back where it was an absolute bottomless heavy 75. Mm. Last Saturday was more of a genuine heavy, you know, I think it was a heavy eight, was it? Or a heavy, heavy nine? Eight, eight. Yeah, yeah. It just relished the ground. And I think the tempo suited and Huey just gave it an absolute peach. Uh, there's no denying that. So I think it was just class prevailed, really. Um, and then the quaddy was just a horrendous mess for us. I think we were knocked out leg one. So we played the treble and got as far as leg two, and that was it. So, yeah, yeah it, pretty much all the money we made on the day was literally – where were we in Melbourne? Caulfield? No, Wellington? I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't anywhere near. I didn't bet there. It, I literally I made most of my cash on a Kementari was a good pickup on Saturday from Randwick, but everything else is a bit of a fucking dismal mess. And then we were north and south of the border, so Queensland and Victoria were doing doing us a uh, a little bit of a favour with a couple of favourites and second elects lobbing. So yeah, uh, good day of racing regardless. And, Great carnival it was. It sure was a bit of a tough day. I was lucky to get out in the last that much, much better, which I think I got at 19s or something. That helped because I absolutely whacked a couple of those favourites, which was bloody disappointing. But we're back at Randwick and we're still sticking with 10 races. I thought maybe we might go back to nine, but no, still 10 races, which still means there's 10 winners to be found. It's just going to be probably a bit tougher, maybe. Or For me, normally it is. I don't know about you boys, but we go, let's just kick it off. We've got race one. Zoo Gotcha is the fave. J-Mac for a change. And by the way, I think there's, I think he's riding nine out of ten favourites um, for, for on the weekend. So jockey challenge-wise, you might get 99 cents. So he might have a fat day. Zoo Gotcha, Walla and J-Mac, three bucks, slight little drift. we got Commander Prue, Timmy Clark and Gay Waterhouse. Timmy Clark wrote a good winner yesterday, actually, on Wednesday in the first. That was a good one. Um, five bucks, Zoo Tigers there, Plimstock, Saar, Bandy's Boy, a couple of those. Uh, Tommy, any love for Command Approved, Barrier 11? I think we're definitely going to be on a heavy track on Saturday, so so we won't get out of that heavy range. But, there's, yeah, there's, it's got a lot of different form lines again with the two-year-old race. So I backed Bandy's boy first up. It was 100s, and um, it's it sort of ran on did pretty well for Danny Williams. I, I like it each way, but uh, the one I really like is Plimstock. I, I think... Um, its win uh, at Randwick first uh, first up last prep was uh, beating deep um, expectation in uh, uh, late Jan was was pretty good and I I like um I like the Godolphin ones the two year olds uh, in these sort of two year old races so I'm going to go Plimsock and Cesar Tsar uh, had a good win at Hawkesbury as well and if it can improve it it might be one to watch out but so hard with these two year old races you're looking for something sort of running on that can maybe go to Queensland and into a JJ. And we've got a lot of different form lines here, but I'll go Plimstock. Right, you, King? It's going to be a tricky, tricky race card to really dissect. I think we'll get a real feel after we finish the highway, which is race three once again. But the rail's out 11 from the 1,000 to the winning post this week. So a lot of the fields are going to be diminished. Uh, well, not diminished, but like I think a lot of them are capped at about 11 or 12 in the field. So it's definitely going to be smaller field sizes all round. 
So even if you've got the uh, the car park draw, you will come in a fair bit, is my understanding. As Tommy mentioned, there's plenty of form lines to look at. I can warrant that Zugotcha is probably a rightful favourite. It, it was a huge win, like a real. It, it seemed like it's got class in its last start. Draw definitely does worry me in this case, being two year olds and. It's literally, I think it's coming out of the widest barrier. I will wait until final scratchings, but I do like the that race it ran in and the, the horse that came second. So Zoo Tiger came second in that race. And I just feel that the lower draw, it's got decent gate speed. I'm just hoping that it is going to be on, on speed kind of day, at least for the early part of the card. And if I were to choose the 290 pop that Zoo Gotcha is, or the seven dollar pop that Zoo Tiger is, I'd rather take the seven bucks. So I'm just going to roll the dice and go Zoo Tiger in the first. Ooh, Zoo Tiger. All right, the midway of a race that I just hate uh, is Sunborn J Mac winning verse Brenton Abdullah, each for Ed Cummings and Connors, both five dollar favourites and both opened four sixty, so both had a little slight drift. Moshed up for Schofield is eight to six fifty, a little bit of coin for it. We got Compassionate Kathy O'Hara's aboard Barrier ten six fifty, a little bit of money for Pleading uh, Angela Davies. Tommy Sherry's claiming a little bit for coming out of Barrier one eleven bucks into seven, so that's a little bit probably the main move of the race. I think Pleading. I think it's had a win, maybe like last prep. It's had a couple of races recently, but for a couple of placings. But Tommy, thoughts? Yeah, I, I like the. Uh, this is just for the Phillies and mares as well. Just uh, I think it's the first time we've seen that in a midway, um, which is very interesting. Probably goes to what Kelly was saying with the um, with the smaller fields and the um, with the uh, the rail out so much. But I think it's either pleading or impulse control. They're both coming out of the same form line. I think impulse control has been very consistent and pleading as well. Um, also very consistent, getting second and third so far this prep after stringing in a few together at the end of last prep. So they're the two. Um, I reckon you can almost back both of them and have a return. But I think that that um, that's a strong form line. You're getting $7 and 12 as well. I'm a big fan of Sunborn, but still probably not proven on the heavy. And winning verse could easily come out and win. But yeah, I'm, I'll go with Pleading, uh, just over impulse control. King, I like Pleading as well. Um, so in terms of speed map, there's two genuine horses drawn outside of Pleading in Sabrina and Buck and Beauty. They'll go forward, and I really think that this or Pleading will get the run of the race. I think it'll just it's got a Pretty genuine tempo as well, but it'll just sit off the back of them, and I think it'll just coast. Um, regardless of the tempo, I mean, she has settled worse of midfield before as well, so I think she can genuinely settle anywhere. Uh, just that, just the fact that it's drawn well, I think, yeah, it, it'll get a peach of a run behind the leaders. Um, one horse I will kind of keep close to my chest, I reckon, is winning verse. Uh, it was a, up against decent company this time last year and it's been almost a year. I'm not sure if there was an injury or, you know, a few complications along the way, but it, a year ago, this, like this time a year ago, it, yeah, like we thought it'll probably go to Queensland for some stakes races, but it was tucked away and then now it's returned. So interesting to see how the market reflects that. Um, the barrier trial at Warwick farm recently was really strong coming second. I can, yeah, I, I see a few ticks around it. And as for the favourite, I just think the distance is a bit sharp. The heavy track form definitely worries me a little bit, but I think it needs further. It probably needs 1,400. So 
I'd be looking to back it when it steps up into that distance, but not this start. So I'd be kind of playing pleading and winning verse. You can probably back them both, yeah. Like it, like pleading. Uh, we go the highway. One of the great races, the highway. Formadec is there. Race number three. It's fourteen hundred meters. It's three dollars eighty. J Mac and Matty Dale. Super helpful's there. Not sure who the jock's going to be. That's four dollars eighty for Jones. Mr. Hustle going round. Tommy Sherry for Cameron Crockett at sixes. So is Freedom Square at six. So is Largo Winch at six. And six fifty Miss Ostend Ferris to the nines. This is one of the hardest races money wise, like odds wise. It is so cramped. I think we've got about ten horses under ten bucks, Tom. Okay, and it'll be interesting to look. Got the two emergencies of the two favourites as well. So I think if anyone does get scratched, they'll be trying to get on to super helpful because I think it's um its form's pretty good and uh, coming to town it it looks all right. But I want to go. I just want to spec one around that eight dollar fifty. Um, Price and in Cracky Mo on the short backup, uh, Cam Crockett's bringing Cracky Mo and Mr. Hustle on the quick backup. And uh, Cracky Mo, I thought, ran on really strong last week and sort of just got swallowed up late, but still stuck with them. And if the rail is out and we might uh, see that leaderish bias early, um, we do have a bit of speed in here, but I think Cracky Mo sort of from that gate 11 will go straight forward. You got things like Petey and that that are going to run. Uh, run pretty hard weather, but I think um, I think that heavy form on the backup is going to be good. Brooks Dow is absolutely flying at the moment as well. Uh, I think Cam Crockett calls it Stower power. So um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna spec Cracky Mo, but if uh, Super Helpful gets in and and whoever decides to ride it, uh, it's going to be tough to beat. King, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm relying on scratchings, and I, I like Super Helpful. I just think that barrier four really suits. Hopefully, they do get a run. I don't know. Benchmark 66 last start at Orange uh, was a nice win. Won real comfortably. Won by over four lengths. Um, this seems to map pretty much pretty darn the same, to be honest. Uh, it'd be on the heavy deck, much like last start. It'll probably sit behind the leaders or potentially even lead. I don't even know. So, I'd be... Treading carefully at the moment, I wouldn't be having a bet right now. I'd probably be waiting, you know, the final scratchings. And if Super Helpful gets a run, I'll be on it. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, one thing that I do want to lay is actually the favourite former deck. I know it's, I think it's nommed in a later race as well. I just don't think that Barry one suits this horse. I think it genuinely need it sits out the back. So, You'll need some proper J-Mac magic for this thing to, I think, lift and win. I just think, I mean, it's coming off two strong wins down in Canberra, but barrier one, it'll probably settle worse of midfield, I think. It's not the quickest, you know, horse out of the uh, the barriers. So it could be four or five back on the fence. And I, if that's the case, I wouldn't be... Yeah, no, I don't want to back that form in. So <laughs> no. um, I'd rather super helpful who would be a bit more forward than the favourite. And I'm just going to say, yeah, I reckon lay the favourite for the two. All right. One of the shorter favourites so far is Alias with J-Mac for Chris Waller. It's 225. And this is race number four, 1,800 metres. Irish sequels there. Uh, Pike is aboard for another Waller horse at five bucks. You've gone by at 650. Come in a touch. Mr. G's there. Our intrigues there. Carp Fever. Tough horse. Uh, Moran, Spanish Point. Tommy, favourite wins? Look, it's... um, You, you go back and you see its first up run and 
it's obviously running on really well and it it's it's an eye catching run and you can see why people are backing it. It's two dollars twenty five. I probably don't want much uh shorter than that because it was um I I still think it looked pretty favourable there at Newcastle. They a very even track and who knows what we're gonna get at Ramwick. So uh as as we saw last week with all the short favourites getting rolled. So look I just just my nature as well, looking for a bit more value. I think Mr. G coming back out of listed form where uh, latest, I know it was a strong benchmark 88 that it did run in, but Mr. G got the wet form, Tommy Berry aboard, and John O'Shea going pretty well at the moment as well. Uh, I, I think finished pretty strong. It, it, it had a win in Canberra two starts ago, uh, and it's it'll be rock hard fit for this uh, run now fourth up. The other one I want to say is gone by could get just a really nice soft lead and just keep going as we we see with some of Mark Newnham's horses before. So that's the other one I'm worried about. But I'm going to back Mr. G in this, I think. Can I, Mr. G, King? Favourite, 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 favourite. One for the multis, I think. I just like the fact that it was... Tommy's right in saying that it's pretty hard to say... It, It definitely had every chance to be closer in that Newcastle run. It was only a field of 10 and you know, it definitely could have been a bit more forward. I think J-Mac rode at that start, so I think he will have a bit more intention to be a bit more forward and confident with the mount. Um, I just think that, yeah, the way that it closed in that latter, latter part was really impressive, and the heavy surface, it can obviously handle it. I know 225 is quite short, but just I, I see upside in this, so I don't know if I'll be backing it straight on the nose, but it's definitely one for the Maltes for me. Keen, I like it. Balls deep. Uh, race number five, Kerr Royale. Horse I don't mind. Uh, Brenton Abdullah and Chris Waller. Zarastro, J-Max. So this one's 460. We've got Sense of Honor, American President, Street Power, The Big Easy, Park Avenue, Barossa Rossa. Tommy, what do you like? Thoughts on Kerr Royale? Yeah, it's um, it's good to see it come back. We, I, I, I just probably want to see it have a run. Uh, Zarastro has just trialed so well and then just a couple of fails, but uh, keen to see it come back to Sydney and, and McDonald on can really see what it uh, can do. I'm a big fan of Zarastro. Uh, I talked uh, up straight power to you the other day, Zach, and it was scratched out of that race. So um, it comes to here and it it's runs third up are really strong. I'm, I'm a big fan of the horse and I know it was $26 early in the week and Brad Davidson sort of tipped it and, it's been crashed into 950, but I still think that 950 is sort of a decent price to spec with. Um, the big worry will be if sort of going forward uh, uh, are all winning. If we sort of get the same week as last week and we get a field where a lot of these can go forward and anything on pace is winning, then it could actually set up for something like to be easy. And funny enough, Tim Clark's on it, but. He could just let everything go in front and really set it up for him late. So the big easy is one I, I want to I want to savor on, but I, I think Street Power sets up really well here, and I uh, yeah, I think third up in, um, in the highway last start, it beat horses like Democracy Manifest and uh, another strong one. I, I forget who it was, but yeah, the form the form around Street Power is pretty good. What do you reckon, King? Uh, I want to back two in this. Um, so, Kerr Royale, we'll touch on that first. Um, I think the real question mark around the horse is if Waller will run uh, this horse on Saturday because 
she's been scratched out of I don't know how many meetings now, but at least two or three meetings over the last kind of two, maybe three weeks. Whether it's the barrier, whether it's the ground, I'm not actually not sure. I don't know if she's got some issues with her feet or uh, I literally don't know. But she's been scratched before final scratchings for multiple race days and she finds herself in, I, I guess, an ideal race, smaller field, you know, this and the other. It's drawn well enough. I guess the final say will come down to Chris Waller. And, but, yeah, at the price, 420, I'd, is it 420? I don't actually know. Yeah, it's right. 4, 420, yep. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind having a little lash at it. But another horse that I, I don't know, it, it's kind of gone, a, not a miss, but it's kind of flown under the radar, I think. I've watched a couple of its replays. American President. Um, Tommy Berry sticks and I, I just genuinely think that winning form's good form and you know I think it was in a benchmark 64 last start uh, for the three-year-olds now it steps up to a three and four-year-old benchmark 72 it swims for fun this horse and the fact that you're seeing eight bucks right now I think yeah I can definitely see this horse returning as into the like the winner's enclosure again so you know you could probably back both if Kerr Royale is scratched I'll be on American President I'll just see how the market plays. But, yeah, I just don't mind the idea of backing American President with the two heavy starts with a win next to its name. So, yeah, we'll see how we go on Saturday. Eight bucks is a bit enticing, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. 1,400 metres is race number six, a shorty in Quintello. So this opened 280 yesterday, smashed into 215 already. So it's obviously had a fair bit on. Aaron Moore is the second fave. Karen's riding for Chris at five bucks. We go straight out to $9 for sensationalization. Oh, that's going to be a tough one for him to call. It's 11 bucks into nine. We've got Devil's Triangle at 9.50. Straight out to double figures with Elusive Jewel, Miss Ostend, which is also there. Uh, Miss Redoble, etc. But Quintello, Tommy, been smashed. Yeah, the the first up win was pretty good. Um, it was at Mornington in a benchmark 70 race, though, so you, you just sort of got to question that form. But just on the eye, like, it looks really good uh, in, this, in the famous Sangster colours. Uh, yeah, it, it looks all right, but is it, is it getting to that too short now, uh, price now? you got a couple of last up winners in your favourite sensationalisation coming out of Queensland, Pikey aboard. Um, now for Jason Dima, seems to got the horse going really well. So it's it's sort of one really interesting to see. You got a couple of other dual noms. I think Miss Oisted runs in the highway. Uh, redouble, uh, good run last start. And Devil's Triangle. I think Ellen Hennessy coming here, claiming the three for Matty Dale and good wet track form might be might be a bit of a knockout or at least it may be a place goer like Devil's Triangle. I, I think I might uh, back that each way. It's pretty much what my notes say. I've done a little bit of research on this one. Um, well, I, I've tried to look up the actual statistics of J-Mac and Marion Eustace. They, they don't actually team up as often as everyone thinks. Um, obviously, with J-Mac closely tied to uh, Waller, I think whenever he jumps on someone uh, like a Marion Eustace horse, he performs really well. Their strike rate seems to be really good. I think, yeah, I guess as Tommy touched, um, it – the Mornington form, I don't know. It's literally one of my least favourite tracks down in Victoria. I just don't know what to think. And I mean, it was a Saturday race day. So I have to give it a little bit of, you know, respect. But I hate that fucking track. Yeah. Uh, it, it is positive that J-Mac is riding. I mean, that's just the biggest upside for this horse. And, you know, 
it might be a little bit unders. I probably wouldn't back her right now. I'd say it'll probably drift out a little bit. I think the bookies will keep them honest. As Tommy already said, Devil's Triangle, I think I don't mind that. A three-kilo claim with Ellen Hennessy making it six and a half kilos actually lighter than last start. So I can see definite, you know, upside with that. Heavy track form, that all adds up. Another runner like Miss Rue Doble, genuine heavy, heavy track form as well. Nothing to sneeze at in that Muscle uh, Musclebrook Cup second or third. It was a placing. Um, I would suggest the favourite, but I think this definitely screams kind of like a little trifecta race or a first four race. Oh, so yeah, oh, I'd oh, probably, same race multi. I'd, I'd probably throw Quintello in. Devil's Triangle are definitely a lock, and maybe yeah, Miss Rue Doble has a little bit of price, and then maybe throw another horse in. Nice, something like that. All right, well, Devil's Triangle, 9.50 as opposed to taking the 2.15 for Quintello. First leg of the quaddy is 1,100 metres of the best. Another short favourite in Andermatt. That's $1.90, was $1.85. It's me going around. We know the horse. Tommy's riding for Cav. It's had two starts this prep, so a six at Randwick and an eighth at Melbourne at Flemington. Uh, Maria Mia. 11 bucks into nine, couple of bucks there. Dragonstone's there, Lord Olympus, Space Boy, the Speed Star, Duchess, Surreal Step. Uh, look, Animat, bloody good horse. It's had a win already this prep at Canterbury, maybe two or three weeks ago, Tommy. Yeah, it was a really good win. Very, very good win and, and soft as well. So I think it's only ever one first up, four from four first up, and then uh, two play scenes from two starts second up. So... Um, you gotta you gotta wonder if that's a it, it's still a box it needs to tick and a mat um, winning so well first up and then backing it up but it, it sure does look like look like the classy horse here the only one I can see any getting anywhere near it would be it's me if you've got a couple of couple of handy things like uh, Space Boy and Lord Olympus going out pretty strong setting it up for Tommy and Cav and uh, touched on Street Power being good third up well it's me has come off such a long prep and uh, we've seen it nommed for a lot of races, but not except for a lot. It's me, and now it's third up. Had um, had that serious injury where it was off for, I think it was 18 months or at least a year anyway. So, uh, And it comes way, way, way back in grade as well. So I think it's it, it still finished strong in Melbourne. Uh, it does say eighth on your form guide, but it was only a couple of lengths off the winner. So... Um, it's, it's, look, I probably with Andermatt, but I, I think it's me is the only danger. And then, um, I think they gap the rest. How far is Andermatt win by King? Not sure how much by, but it definitely looked like fucking far left at Canterbury the other week. I absolutely pants everyone behind them. Oh yeah. I have to be with the favorite. I just think that it's close to an M word for mine. Like it's, <laughs> I look at like, it's me stakes grade form. Excellent. But I just don't know if it's come back the same horse, Tommy. I just genuinely don't know. Like, it's until it gets that W or even, like, a good placing in, you know, probably, like, this company or slightly better. I just don't know if it's come back the same horse since doing, I think it was a either a suspensory or a tendon, something like that. Um, yeah, I just genuinely think that this thing, I know the second up record doesn't read as well as the first up, obviously, but the fact that it won by... God knows how much. I think it was like six lengths the other day um, in front of Dragonstone, who's also in this race. Uh, just to see it mapping perfectly for it. And J-Mac, I think, will salute on this one. Whether If you don't like the price at the moment anyway and you think it's going to go far, I do think that the Cummings and Godolphin team will send it to Queensland. 
after this run. So you can back it in a lot of Queensland futures. So the 10,000 Stradbroke and Kingsford Smith, it's all at 26s. You could probably have a little little go on it, but I, I do think that this favourite will salute on uh, Saturday. I'm with you. And I'm at to win uh, the Drinkwise Mile, something I do very well. Uh, 1,600 metres, Diamil. The mile or drink? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I definitely do not run the mile well. Um, <laughs> Diamil is another favourite for J-Mark. It's coming out of area 12, and it's $2.40. was two eighty, so a bit of bucks for it. Last Chevalier, $8 into six, so there's a bit of coin there. Clipperton's riding for Myron Eustace. Majorati, Timmy Clark for Gay Waterhouse. That's 9 bucks. we got Bethancourt at 9s, Syndicato at 9s, and we go out to double figures for Phillipsburg, tampering. Oh, God, tampering. Um and Palmetto, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Tommy, this favourite goes all right, but Barrier 12, was yeah. that a bit of a... Mate, I, th- I think McDonald, um, McDonald will have it where it needs to be. He rode at the work on that treat last start, and yeah, uh, it looked pretty good. So I, I, I think everything goes towards... Uh, I, I, can't, I can't make um, a case for anything, but it, it, it looks uh, very good here, and you're getting 240 at the moment. I think it'll start shorter than that, so... Back it now, and that making up the placings. I think Phillipsburg was really good at Warwick Farm as well, and I think uh, on a heavy track it looks okay. If if we get into that real heavy stage, it it could make up a bit of ground. And um, Syndicato as well. If they actually get to the bottom of this horse, um, I know it can be a bit of a fruit fruit loop and gets hot and buck Tommy off uh, a couple of starts ago, but. Um, it's got some New Zealand form, so maybe coming across it can be all right. But I, I think everything looks towards uh, Demille here. Take the two dollars forty. Coe, you agree? Yeah, more or less, I do agree. I, I think this is a Quinella race for mine. I can definitely make it. Tommy's already made the case for Demille. I think that. I think, yeah, it's looking real, real good for J Mac thus far into the quaddy. Um, uh, the only horse that I do think there is a slight danger is Last Chevalier. I think just the fact that it's going to be third up, it's going to be stepping up to a more ideal distance of you know a mile eighteen hundred. I think that's kind of the the range you want to be shooting for this horse. It's run at Randwick before, heavy track form, excellent five stars, three wins and a minor. I think that's kind of a tick tick tick. Yeah, like I could definitely play the Quinella with the two, play the Exacta, whatever you like. I just think that it's definitely a lock for the place, um, to say the least. So I could definitely make a case for it, but I think the favourite could be too strong. Yeah, I have to agree. All right, race number nine is 1,300 metres, benchmark 88. We've got O President is fave. So J-Mac and Chris Wallace, five bucks to 380. Bit of a speed start, so it's going to be pouncing out of the gates looking for the lead. we got Taksu, which... Uh, I don't mind. I love Taksu. Tyler's claiming two for Joe Pride. It's five into 390. And Rustic Steel's also been back. So five into 440. So there's been a bit of money for a couple of these. Kinlock going around again. Karen's riding it for Chris Lees after a good win. $4.80. Then we go straight up to 12 bucks for Matchmaker Zing. Uh, a couple of rougher ones there. I don't know which one you in camp with, Tommy. But I know O President will be up on pace. But I'm a big Taksu fan. So I think with the Leaves runners, it looks like Rustic Steel is scratched from the Tamworth Cup tomorrow and Kinlock's still in it. So I reckon Kinlock maybe comes out of this race right. and runs in Tamworth tomorrow. So you you mentioned that bit of uh, pace with O-President and um, even Taksu should be up on there. But I think Rustic Steel's been really strong every run. Like um, It's been finishing off pretty well and I think I want to be with 
it in this race. If it, if um if the two favourites are getting a bit of a chill, it could set something up for something like Rustic Steel. But uh, yeah, uh, Tuxu has been so consistent here. Scratch out of last week. Uh, Tyler Schiller's been uh, riding it really well as well. So I look, I wouldn't be surprised. And even though President's uh, run was really good at Newcastle, uh, getting the chockies there and beating Tuxu. So uh, I think I think it's out of those top three. Um, but yeah, I'll go with Rustic Steel. Cody, how far is Tuxu win by? Oh, I just don't know. It's literally a coin flip of which of the top three is going to just have the run of the race. I think O'President probably sets up to be the run of the race, but I don't know. Like, it could just sit on the leader, be the leader, sit off the leader. I, I think it's so hard. I think just the, the market spot on here, I reckon. O'President coming down 100 metres uh, since that Newcastle run, it'll probably... That actually suited, I think, just the way that taxi was closing late and finding the line really well. Tyler Schiller with the two kilos will definitely benefit off that. Oh, it's so tough. And Kinlock, Kinlock, obviously, we saw in the provincial midway champs final, strong horse and can swim. If it does come out, which is looking likely, I think I'd be swaying more towards O-President. Right. But... Yeah, it's. I'll wait for the scratching of Kinlock. If it happens, I'll be with O present. If it doesn't, they could get in a bit of a tussle. I reckon. Um, so it'll set up for something like Kinlock. Yeah, <laughs> and even the other uh, Lee's runner, as uh, Tommy mentioned, Rustic Steel. I think they'll probably be together in transit, and then whoever finishes off best or finds the best lanes on the track will probably win. So. Yeah, if Kinlock comes out, oh, President, if they all stay, Kinlock. Right. All right, the last. Uh, J-Mac, another favourite. 360 to 390, though. That's Francesco Guardi, barrier 14 for Waller. Too much caviar. Timmy's riding for Gay Waterhouse. That's at five bucks. Also drifting. A little bit of coin for Nikau Spur. Tommy riding for Maren Eustace. That's into 650. We've got Syndicato, no jock. That's nine fifty. We got you called it another Lee's runner. Uh, Brenton's riding. That's at ten bucks. We've got Bethencourt, Toretto, a couple others at bigger odds. Tough one to finish the day, Thomas. Yeah, it is um, a lot of chill norms as well. So um, yeah, maybe just wait and see for a little bit. But I think different strokes is really good in uh, the wild card, uh, the provincial championship. Um, it, it made up a lot of grounds and. Um, uh, finished really strong. So I might be with something like different strokes. Toretto for Matty Dow has been going pretty well as well. And even Mahias uh, Angel with Cody Morgan uh, finished off in the country championship. Heat at Tamworth pretty well as well. So there's a lot of different form lines. Uh, much to caviar. Francesco Guardi obviously going to be really strong. But I'm just looking for maybe a knockout. And uh, I think different strokes will be a lot, uh, a lot fitter and won't get as far back. So... Yeah, different strokes for me. What about Amulet Street? I'll talk about Amulet. Okay, you go. <laughs> I, I, so there's two ways to look at it. I think Amulet Street has eighteen dollars just form without winning. Yeah, great form. I mean, I think it was really big in that Country Champs final. Yeah, Huge, it was. Yeah. I think. Um, obviously, another one had mate that the fact that Nick Haywood found the slightest of rail gaps and just pinged down the inside, unbelievable. But yeah, I could definitely make a case for Amulet Street, especially the price. It was twenty six. If you don't like the chance of it winning, it's still five bucks to place. Uh-huh. I could definitely make a case for that. It's just 
Yeah, like it it comes it's just how you weight, I guess, coming out of like an open special conditions race like the country champs into a benchmark race, I guess is how you word it. But obviously it does well at Randwick, uh, without winning, unfortunately. But yeah, eighteen bucks is juicy. As for the rest, uh, you can make a case for Toretto. You can make a case for Francesco. You can make a case for Nick Spur if you really wanted to. I think too much caviar has got a little bit of potential in this one as well. I think it'll, I think it'll lead from the easy draw with TC on board. Um, it's only had the one heavy start for a placing. I think the what is it? Thirteen hundred is it? Thirteen fourteen hundred. I think it will probably just find a. I don't know if anything pesters it that much. So that five bucks, I'm willing to find out, but I could definitely see where you're looking at with Amulet Street. I think there's an absolute chance. Yeah, I think Amulet Street, look, it doesn't have, it might have, a, it, it'll be up close to speed. I think 26 and 18, I would have loved $26, but like you said, five bucks a place. I think it's a good each way play. And it was only a length behind another one. And it was running at 50s that day. Three starts on the heavy, three places, make it four places. So I don't know. It's something I thought there. <laughs> Who knows? Um, all right, that's round week. We're looking at two races from Dooman as well. So this is where their carnival is starting to heat up a little bit. And we're going to look at race seven, which is the Mick Dipman. And friend of the show has a piece of this Prince of Boom, which is a bloody good chance again. I know he's had a good whack at it already. So Jimmy Orman rides for Heathcote. 340 already into three bucks. We've got Ingratiating at fives. We've got Alpine Edge, Startantes, Glistening. Put on the red light. That's at 10s. A golden runner. Another golden runner. Joyous legend, etc., etc. Bigger odds. Uh, this Prince of Boom, we were all on it, I think, last start, where it had a good win at Gold Coast and a win at Toowoomba before that. It's had a little trial freshen up. Tommy, Prince of Boom? It's a pretty good race. Um, it is a good race, Prince yeah. Boom, ingratiating. You, you look at Alpine Edge's first up form, uh, especially in Queensland, does so well, and Star Tante is um big big fan of that horse as well. Glistening, uh, one first up. Shakiro, um, always in good form, uh, especially in Queensland. Um, look, I reckon I'm going to go Alpine Edge. Uh, just the first up form, and you're getting seven dollars fifty. Not to say Prince of Boom isn't isn't the right um isn't right the favourite, but I I just think it's such a good race, and I want to back something at odds. Um, but I could easily see Prince of Boom winning this race. And Sartante's $8 is a great price as well. But I, I'm going to go Alpine Edge. But I think anything could win this. It's a really open race. Joyous Legend, still a magic track gallop between races the other day. Um, serious race, this. And the Winter Carnival is just around the corner. So uh, good to see Queensland getting their turn. Exactly. I think, Kelly, I know you're a fan of Prince of Boom. Probably Barrier 2 probably helps him a bit. 100%. I think... I think the the biggest question mark for a lot of these, like it's a it's a pretty classy field, like Tommy said, like Star Tonto is like great horse. I think it's probably the classiest horse in this field, hundred percent. But eleven ten is just too sharp for it, I think. And I could probably say make the case for ingratiating and even Alpine Edge. That's the thing. I think Alpine Edge will probably look towards fourteen to a mile. I think towards the 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 grand finals anyway uh, for the Winter Carnival. So I think. It'll be a nice first up run, and it'll probably get a chance, especially uh, with the onset speed. But I think just barrier two, Prince of Boom, with the early gate speed, I think everything maps well. And, you know, it's just a three-year-old of the year for them, really. Like, it, it, it's I'd be wants. very surprised. 
yeah, I think this is what it needs. It's had a little freshen up in between, had a nice little takeover trial. Yeah, I think everything maps for it to have a really big winter carnival, this this horse. So three bucks, I think that could come a little bit little bit out, but not much. I wouldn't say it would touch fours. It would probably come to 350, 370, that ballpark. But, um, yeah, I think the distance, the gate, booking of Jimmy Orman, I think that all ticks the box. So, yeah, I'll be with the favourite here. Me too. Wish I had a little share in it too, like old mate. Um, the Tails Stakes, Yonkers. This is a race where Private Eye has been scratched for whatever reason. Joe Pride's taken it out. So we've got equal favourites in Yonkers and Profit. So a Waller Runner and Anderson Runner. They're both drawn quite wide. Yonkers is 10, Profit 16. We've got Kukaracha at $6.50. we got Quantum Mechanic going around as well. Jim Burns aboard. Jukon, Sambro, Smart Meteor, London Banker. There's some Bloody good race horses already in this race, Tommy. Yeah, very hard. Um, I think it would have been a bit easier to line up if uh, Private Eye was in this race. Um, I Just sort of looking at it all over, you, you know Yonkers and Profit are going to be consistent group. Um, Kukaracha does go well in Queensland. Um, but at odds, you think of things like Kale Manhattan are going to run really well. I think for Muncie, Smart Media is... A really good, um, a really good chance. Low weight, uh, and even Ocean's Thirteen. If Kieran Maher and David Yus do decide to run it here, I think it's a massive knockout at twenty one dollars. But uh, no jockey notified at the moment. But if that's the case, I'll go. And it doesn't run here. Um, I might go with Smart Media. Otherwise, Ocean's Thirteen definitely each way. I think it's a massive chance to knock knock you out. I think it's a very open race. And again, it's some. Yeah, some horses that we I think we're going to see feature in this uh, winter carnival, uh, making their presence known up there. So, yeah. Who do you like, King? Heaps open, this one. I think it's just – it's totally up for grabs of mine. I can make a case for about five or six horses easy here. It, it all comes into how it's tactically ridden. And I think if – so if Kukaracha actually comes out of the gates well and kind of finds itself, I don't know, three back the fence, I'd be happy that I'm on it, but if it if it just walks out the gate, I mean, I'd be just distraught. It'll be pretty much, I don't know, six back the fence. So roll the dice with 650. It, it's tough. Like profit, if it was drawn a little bit, it's not the worst case scenario that it's drawn the outside. I think barrier 16 potentially suits this horse and Steph Haunton on board. I like it. I think it'll have the last say. So it'd be flying well late down the outside, outside fence. Definitely can make a case for it. Sam Sam Collett's absolutely flying in Queensland at the moment, and she's on board the Chris Wallow runner, Duke on. Since it's moved up there, I think, well, it hasn't really moved up there. Wallow's satellite stable. It's obviously thinking, oh, yeah, Queensland Carnival, let's send this horse up, try and get some st- stakes grade uh, races in. Definitely see why, because I think it's actually been in some decent company, this horse, that you forget anyway. Um it's tough. Uh, I could probably back about five of them, but if Kukaracha jumps clean, I'd want to be on it. Kukaracha, Jimmy Orman, Chris Waller, six fifty already was eight fifty. But all right, that is two of them from Dooman. Not talking any Melbourne. Haven't done any form for it. We'll work out a multi then wrap up. All right, multi got a bit optimistic too. So I've gone short. I've gone Animat to win at a dollar ninety. Quite quite short there, Tommy. Who'd you go? Mate, I think Diamil, I think it looks good. Um, he's, 
best horse in the race by far, and two forty getting in the moment. So I think that's pretty good. All right. So Animat race seven, Daimiel race eight at Ramwick. Uh, Kohai, yours. You've gone to Morfittville. We're going to Morfittville. We're going to Adelaide because their carnival's about to start as well. And my choice were to back Glenn Schofield or Kayla Crowther. And I've gone with a local on board the uh, the Royal Blue Army on Heresy at 550 to win. 550 to win to boost up the price. And we're chucking in Prince of Boom as well. Just so, I don't know, if it wins, it boosts up the multi. The multi pays 75 to 1. Thank you very much. So... 20 bucks, 1500 if you have a lash. So, fingers crossed. All right, boys, we are, what, 20 minutes away from Manly winning 13-plus against uh, the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, Ko, I don't need your opinion on what's going to happen, but, Tom, what would you think is going to happen Sharks in this game? Sharks 13-plus. You actually Sharks think 13 Sharks 13-plus? Yeah. Jeez. You don't think they got humbled last week? Oh, yeah, but they were facing a far superior side. <laughs> um, they should easily take care of Manly. Righto. All right. Thank you, boys. Have a good one. See you, boys. On you guys.